0: If you notice, uh, this has not been part of the script today. We've just been enjoying God and what He's doing. And um, and so I encourage you, if you want to hear or remember or even hear it again, it, it's online, it, it premiered this, this morning. And so it's available to hear what um, Cheryl had to share for our church. Because there are words that are meant for us. And I believe this, that God is designing us to be people of His Word. And so this morning... I'm going to share with you from Scripture here. If you have your Bible, or if you want to follow along, this is 2 Corinthians chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And this is Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He says this, 2 Corinthians, if you don't know where 2 Corinthians is, it's right after 1 Corinthians. I only get to do those jokes once in a while, guys. I mean, it's just, come on. <laughs> Second Corinthians, it says this: it "says I must go, if I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man who, in Christ, fourteen years ago, was caught up to the third heaven, and whether it was in body or out of body, I do not know. God knows, and I know that this man, whether in body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows." was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that are not no one is permitted to tell. And I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weakness. Now this is Paul talking about a vision that he had or some experience that he had, and he's honest. He says, I don't know if it was in body or not. I don't know if any of you have ever had an experience like that, but I've I have been privileged to have several experiences like that where I do not know whether it was in body or not. And when I think about those moments, I cannot explain to you how real it was and how moving it was. And it's not because we're special or Paul's special or whatever. It's just that sometimes God needs to give certain people an experience so they would know the reality of what is coming. Because for a long time, when I was growing up in church, I was a professional hypocrite. I didn't want anything to do with God. When I was 12 years old, when I was 12 years old, I went down to the altar responding to a message. I gave my life to Jesus. God called me into the ministry, he showed me a vision of me preaching in a church. But it wasn't my church. It was my friend's church. And I could see my friend there on the, on the stage, and I was preaching as his church. In my friend's church. So I'm on the floor and I'm crying before the Lord and he shows me this vision. Right next to me on the floor praying is the friend that I saw in my vision. So I see myself preaching in his church and he's right there laying next to me. As he's laying there, he taps me and he says, Pete, Pete. And I'm crying. I'm like, what? He goes, I just saw a vision of you preaching in my church. So this is, this is God calling me into the ministry. And then a lady comes down from the stage and says, listen, young man, God has a call on your life. I'm 12 years old. So you know what I do? I rebel. I don't want anything to do with God. I didn't want to go into the ministry. I didn't want to move to Minnesota and become a Vikings fan. I refuse to do things I don't understand. And so I, I ran from God. I didn't want nothing to do with God. But then, my senior year, going into my senior year, God grips my heart. He calls me back. He says, son, come home. Stop running. And so I give my life to Jesus, and I said, Jesus, I'm with you 100%. I go back to school my senior year. And you know, as, a, as kids in school, we want to be liked. I mean, it's just whether we understand how those friends won't be there or not, we don't understand that. We, don't, we can't see that. We just want to be liked we just don't want to be a part of the group that isn't liked and so we struggle with our identity in school and so my senior year when i had all my friends and everything was great and i was pretty popular around my friends and all that it's it, i go into my senior year and i lose everybody i lose everybody no one wanted to be my friend why because i gave my life to jesus they thought i was a nutcase and so i was so down and so discouraged and i'm in church praying And God tells me, as a a young man, he says, I want you to start a prayer meeting. I want you to start a prayer meeting on Friday nights. Now, Friday nights growing up in Michigan, you know, that's football country. And everyone's at the high school games. There's no one in church. I mean, even the Holy Ghost doesn't show up on church because he's at the football game. I mean, it's just, there was football galore. And God says, I want you to start a prayer meeting on Friday nights. And I said, God... I'm going to be the only one there. He says, I want you to start it. And so I, st- I went to my youth pastor and I said, hey, can I do this? And he says, yeah, no problem. He says, no, but no one's going to show up. And I said, I know, but I just, I feel like God told me to do it. So I'm there and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm just caught crawling out, crying out to God, God, where are you? God, I need you. I don't understand. I'm going through my own battles and, and, and I'm just there. And all of a sudden I get caught up in a vision I get caught up in a vision, and I could not tell you if it was real or not, in body or not. All I know is this, that God spoke to me that night. And so from that, that, after that vision, I get up and I start preaching. I started preaching. No one's there. No one's there. It's just these chairs in an empty room. And so the next Friday, I come back, and I bring my Bible, and I lay it on the pulpit, and I start preaching. And I would do this week after week. And finally, after I was done preaching, after several weeks, the door opens up in the back. And it was my friend who was sitting outside listening to me. And he says, Pete, I needed to hear that. And the next week, all of a sudden there was a few more people that actually came to the prayer meeting. And then after that, more people and more people and the, the thing grew and grew and grew and man, I was feeling good. You know what God said? Let it go. Turn it over. You're done. You see, sometimes we don't see what's happening and we're preaching to empty rooms and we're, we're, it's like we're telling our kids and it goes in one ear and out the other. We're, we're trying to get together with our spouse but it doesn't seem like it's working. All these work doesn't seem like to pay enough and, and we never have enough this and in life and all this stuff is going on but I'll tell you this. If you just take time to be with the Lord, he will satisfy every single need you have and he will give you you what you need to get through it. But if you seek him, you will experience him. And that's one of the things that my wife and I believe 100%, that you have to experience God. I can tell you about him. I can tell you about him, but you have to experience him. And when you experience him, you will know that he's real. We don't, as parents, we don't have to prove it to our kids. As a pastor, I don't have to prove it to you because once you experience God, you know it's God. And you don't have to be convinced you know it. So Paul is in this experience. He doesn't know what's going on, but he knows that he's there with the Lord. Verse 6, it says, Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I am. I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so that no one would think more of me than I am. Warranted by what I do or say verse 7 or because of those that surpassingly great revelations Therefore in order to keep me conceited from being conceited I was given a thorn in my flesh a messenger of Satan to torment me three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me Think about what Paul is saying here 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 Verse 8 three times. I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me what a thorn in my flesh a message of satan to torment me this is paul talking paul who wrote the words i can do all things through christ who gives me strength paul who wrote the words and the inspiration of the holy spirit that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world this is paul talking who says that i've been given a thorn in my flesh a message a message of satan to what to torment me Paul, this great man of faith, this man who was an apostle, who raised people from the dead, who healed people through the power of Christ, a man who, who could write eloquent words, a man who knew God, said that me, Paul, has been humbled by my God because He has given me a thorn in my flesh, a message of Satan to torment me. Over and over again in life, I am tormented and I plead it with God. I asked Him, God, take it away. Please take it away. But He didn't. He didn't. Sometimes I ask God, take away my problems, God. Take away this season that I'm in. Take away my needs take away my fears take away the conflict that i'm going through god just take it away it seems like the devil is in my ear discouraging me telling me to quit it seems like i can't shake this god take it away paul is pleading with god asked him but then jesus responds this is what he says in verse 9 but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you my grace not just talking about a saving grace it's talking about his grace that gives you the ability to do that's what he's talking about my grace is sufficient for you my grace my power is sufficient for you it's enough the grace for what the grace to do what God has asked you to do the ability to be where God has asked you to be that's what God wants you to know That as long as you seek Him, even if you're tormented by a message from Satan, even if you're in a situation you don't like, if you hold on to Him, His ability to do will be with you. His ability. God isn't asking you to do this on your own, but He's asking you to do it. God does not rescue all of us from our problems. God doesn't come in and just make everything a fairy tale and it's all solved. This is a real situation we are in when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego We're on the verge of being thrown into the fiery furnace because they wouldn't bow down to the idol. That was a very real situation. They didn't know what was going to happen, and they told the king, "Uh, we will not bow down. We don't care if you throw us in the fire. We're not going to yield to you. We're not going to settle less. We're going to obey God. We're going to put Him first, and we will never bow to your idol, king. So whatever you do, fine. God can save us from this. But if He doesn't, we know we're doing the right thing. And so, what happens? The king throws them into the fiery furnace, and they are in there. And then, to the surprise, they look into the furnace and they see someone who looks like the son of a God. They see Jesus in there with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they're sitting there. And Jesus says, I'm glad you guys showed up because Euchre requires three people, three more people. I need four. I'm so glad you guys are in here because it is in the fire that you discover his presence. I'm telling you this, I don't like it. I don't like when I have to go through things. I don't like it when my family has to go through things. I don't like it, I don't like it. But I know this, that when we are in the fire, my Jesus is with us and my kids see Jesus. My wife sees Jesus, I see Jesus, why? Because it's in the fire. It's in those moments where His grace, His ability to help you stand is there with you. His presence is there with you. So no longer do I say, God, take it away. But I say, God, be with us. Be with us. Because it's in those moments you discover how good he is. Paul, a man who knows God, who knows that he has the mind of Christ, the man who wrote the words most of the New Testament, he's sitting there telling us, I've been tormented by Satan himself and God wouldn't remove it. Why? Because my grace, my ability to do is enough for you, Paul. He says, Jesus says to this, For my power is made perfect in weakness. My power is made perfect in weakness. And I want you to know this that it is God's power that will give you the ability to do whatever is asked of you. It's God's power. What's his power? What's his power? You know, I want the power of God in my life. You want the power of God. Well, what is power? Power is this. Power is his word in you. It's his word in you. Because you know why we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength? Because it's Christ in us. Do you know why that there is something greater inside of us than, than anything in this world? Because it's him. It's his word. It's his power. It is his powerful word. Matter of fact, in Hebrews, it talks about that. That, that Jesus is able to sustain everything by his powerful word who is the word of God it is Jesus and when we stand on his promises we have his power in our life I'll tell you the reason why we stand and have faith is because we know that the Bible tells us that those who shrink back are not the ones that please him but it's those who hold on that will be rewarded it's those who do not give up it's those, are the, those are the ones that are going to be rewarded and I'm telling you no matter how fiery and how scary and how impossible it seems my God God still can answer every single need you have. There is nothing impossible for him. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Every time I face impossibilities, I just put a smile on my face, and I say, God, I don't know where, I don't know when, I don't know how, but I know who is going to help me get through this. It's my God. It's my God. It's your God. And so if you want the ability to get through whatever situation you're in, and let me tell you something, I know sometimes they really stink, those situations you are in. And they seem impossible. They seem like the relationship will never turn, the child will never stop, or the, the, the income will never come, or the health will never turn around. I know that it seems like it's impossible, but I know a God who will never stop being God if we allow him to be God. He's the one. He's the one who made the waters part. He made the waters part he can do miracles he can make it turn around I don't know what he can do with the Vikings but I know what he can do with you everything everything so who are you gonna put your trust in who are you gonna put your trust in I pray that as you were there and you've been praying Take away this situation. Take away this problem. Take away. Listen, that problem may be there to remind you of who God is. And he said that it is his power is made perfect in your weakness. Because when, it, when you admit that you cannot do it, that's when God says, okay, now let's do it together. Because you finally give up and you say, I can't do this, God. I remember when, I remember when my boy... Needed basketball shorts. As a father, it's very humbling when you can't provide for your family. And this was years ago. I remember he just needed basketball shorts. You know, back then, everything was under 20 bucks. Nowadays, I'm not sure. Nowadays, you buy jeans with holes and you pay more. I don't understand. But my boy needed some basketball shorts. I said, God, I can't do it. I can't do this anymore. My family is suffering needlessly. when I know I can just go out and get another job, God. But he told me not to. He told me to trust him. He told me not to work outside the church. And I said, okay, God, I can't do this. My boy needs basketball shorts. And I can't even buy him for him. And I just remember just crying, crying. Then, we get a package in the mail. It was one of my daughter's birthday. Open it up, and they received a birthday gift. And then, there was another gift underneath. And it was a gift for us, Mom and Dad. And then there was another gift. And then there was another gift. And the last gift that we pulled out was a pair of basketball shorts for my son. You see, God will always move on your behalf when you finally admit, I can't do it, God. I'm weak. But I will trust in your ability to help me get through it, and I will depend upon your power to make it happen. That's why I don't mind admitting I can't, because he can. And when God moves, all glory to him. All glory to him. Because he does it. it. And he receives glory. But what is it going to take? It's going to take people that are willing to boast about him and not you. People who are willing to put their faith in his power and not your ability. It's going to take people who believe he's God and we're not. And that's when he moves. Amen? Amen. Would you bow your head this morning as we bring this to a close? You may be here this morning and you say, Pastor, I'm just going through a situation. It's impossible. And I've been asking God, and it seems like nothing has ever changed. And I just need God to display his power. I need God to move on my behalf. Because if he does not, then I don't know what to do. I don't know. It seems like it's going to fail. Everything's going to fail. If that's you this morning would you just raise your hand i want to pray with you amen you can put your hand down amen you're in an impossible situation you just want prayer amen heavenly father those people that have responded this morning lord they are in need they are in need of you to be god and they recognize that they are not god they recognize that they don't have the ability they recognize that they are in an impossible situation and if you don't show up, nothing is going to change. So I pray, Father, that you would show up. I pray, Lord, that you would display your power in their weakness. I pray, God, that they would look at their life not as a point of weakness, but a point of starting of when you display your grace. Give them the ability to do what you ask them to do. Help them to hold their head up high. Help them to lift their head up and know that you are for them and not against them. Help them to know that you are going to make all things possible. Help them to know that even the things that seem like are mistakes, you will turn them for their good because they love you, Lord. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you would show up in their situation just like you showed up in the fiery furnace. You would show up in their situation right now and remind them that you have always been, you will always be next to them. Because they are yours and you love them. So I pray you encourage them. And I pray you get them, Lord, to a place, Lord, where they will start to believe in the joy of knowing that God is still God. And they would look to you and they would believe move on their behalf i pray lord i also thank you for this morning lord i thank you lord for those who shared i thank you lord for just the moments of dialogue we had i pray that we would leave this place knowing that you are still god that lord that that it is your grace that is sufficient that's all we need is your ability your power in our life and father that we would trust you with every moment lord even this week i pray as we seek you that we would find you reveal yourself to them lord give them more knowledge and revelation of who you are i pray so, Lord, that way we can have a great, day, great week and we'll get back together and just continue to love you. Help us to be witnesses to those at work, those at school. Help us to be witnesses of the gospel. And I pray that the efforts of the girls that gathered this week, Lord, will, or last week, will continue to resonate, Lord. Draw more people, Lord, to you, we pray. Thank you. May you bless every single person here. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. God bless you.